0: things of the world because you see that's where most people are if you have a hunger and thirst for God here's what's going to happen you can't get enough of him you want to know him more you feel driven to some degree this longing this pulling this tugging at your heart something inside of you will not let you be happy something inside of you will not let you be satisfied with what you know about him there's something on the inside that's stirring and moving the spirit of God stirs our heart creates within us this hunger. If When we nourish what the Spirit of God creates, what happens? We begin to move in the direction that God wants us to move in. Something begins to happen in our heart. Something begins to happen in our whole life. God begins to change and alter the course of our thinking and what we do and how we spend our time in every aspect of our life. So, let's think about it for a moment. When we say longing and hungering and thirsting for God, there's this deep inside of us. that wants Him. Now let's compare that with a lack of hunger and thirst for God. Well, you're gonna hunger and thirst for something. that motivation, that desires in their heart, all desires are not wrong, but let's think about it for a moment. Let's exclude God out of your life for a second. Then what do you want? You want material things that are only temporary. You want relationships that are not really founded on that which is sound, good, godly, and lasting. You want the pleasures of life that gratify you for the moment, and you'd like for them to gratify you forever, but they can't. The problem is, without him, all that ends up in disappointment, because listen, you can't get enough stuff, material things, you can't buy enough stuff, you can't have enough money, You can't have enough relationships to fill the place God has designed only for himself in your life. You cannot. And I can challenge you at this point. You can't show me anyone who has the peace and joy and happiness and contentment that I'm speaking of and the security in this life and the life to come, who's living their lives feeding and feasting on the stuff that the world has to offer, which cannot satisfy the human heart. It can't. God didn't make us that way. And so when we think about the hungers that the world has versus the hunger that God wants us to have for Him, it always ends up disappointing. And guess what happens? And this is one of the deceptive things. Sometimes we think what will really satisfy us is somebody. There's no such thing as any one man or any one woman in the whole world ever meeting all of a person's needs. Or as far as that goes, no number of people can meet all of a person's needs because I want to go back to say, God created us in such a fashion, only he satisfies the human heart. And here's the mystery of it all. How can I be hungry and thirsty, yearning and clinging to him and desiring him in my life, and at the same time have satisfaction, peace and joy and happiness and contentment? Because the very nature of this relationship is he's always pouring into us those things He knows that we need, those emotions and those feelings and those ideas that He knows we need. Those things give us the assurance and the confidence and the hope. And what does that do? It just creates more hunger. And I think about it so often when people win uh, great rewards and, uh, and rightly so because of the labor they put in or the skill that they have. Isn't it interesting how they can be a hero for today or maybe a year, but then what happens? And this is why what we're seeing oftentimes in people who have lots and lots and lots of money, lots of prominence and prestige and position very early in life, you know what happens? Here's what happens. They don't even realize this. Their emptiness and their insecurity and their lack of feeling loved and being able to love and this sense of still wanting but can't identify, This mysterious something out there they can't get their hands on, can't put their arms around it. It's like a shadow that comes and goes in their life. And what happens? Because they have decided to avoid the one person, one relationship in their life that can bring them all their heart desires, they just end up being empty and dissatisfied, making very costly decisions. You see, you ignore God, you ignore the best. You try to walk around him, and you miss God's best in your life. And I say to you, I challenge you to find me any person, no matter how wealthy, prominent, prestigious, it makes no difference, without God, who is happy, who has joy, contentment, a sense of acceptance, and feeling loved by God. They do not. You cannot. It is impossible. Thanks for
1: joining us on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Are you longing after something or someone? Take today's message to heart and pursue the Lord to find satisfaction for your soul. We'll hear more about intentionally focusing on our relationship with Christ tomorrow. And to listen again, click on Today on Radio at InTouch.org. Today's complete message is included in our two part teaching set, Hungering and Thirsting for God. If you'd like to order it, stop by our online bookstore. Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1 800 INTOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to INTOUCH, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia 30357. Jesus is likely on your mind on Sundays. The question we all need to answer is, are we just as mindful of him the other six days of the week? Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up.
2: Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at InTouch.org slash today.
0: Dad, Dad, Dad! What, buddy? Did you wear a grandma's gift?
2: You still want to get the same one we talked about last night? Yes. I think we got it.
0: Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas. Come on in! Oh, Oh, thank you, Nolan. The prayer blanket! The prayer blanket. (laughs) Merry Christmas, buddy. No matter who you are, no matter where
2: you are, Christmas is a time of sharing. Go to intouch.org slash store to find gifts that bless for the Christmas season.
1: You're listening to In Touch. The people who know you on Sundays, would they recognize you Monday through Saturday? With a reminder for believers, here's a moment with Charles Stanley.
0: The awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. This principle is the key to getting the most out of your work at home, on the job, or at church. And when you think about how to do that, think about it in this light. The truth is that every single one of us is a servant of God. And all of us who are believers realize that to some degree, but when it comes to our work, we have a whole different perspective. It's almost like I'm a servant of God on Sunday, but what about Monday on my job? And the truth is the Bible is very clear. You and I His servants seven days a week on your job, wherever you're working, if you have the idea that you're a servant, you're going to make an awesome impact on somebody. And the Scripture is very, very clear. In fact, in Colossians, this third chapter, listen to what the Scripture says concerning that whole idea. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, why is that true? Simply because that we recognize that we're serving the Lord. And so if you think about how Jesus looked at himself, He said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to give my life a ransom for many, to be a servant. And so you say, well, you don't know about my job and about my boss. Do you realize who your real boss is? Your real boss is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says very clearly in Colossians, for example, that we're working for him and that we're to have that attitude. That whatever we're doing and wherever we're doing it, we're to see our work as unto the Lord.
1: You can learn more about thinking every day like a servant of Christ at InTouch.org. And if this program has encouraged you to let Jesus be more visible in your life, please tell us your story. Tomorrow on InTouch, we'll find encouragement to maintain a lifelong hunger for God. I hope you'll join us Wednesday for InTouch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God
2: and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stonestreet. One of the very best features of our smartphones is the ability to apply a few tweaks to our photos before sending them on to relatives or sharing them on social media. Using a phone's built-in tools, we can bump up the brightness or fix red-eye, all with the desired result of a photo that looks more like the real-life moment when we snapped it. Of course, these same tools can now deliver photos that are even better than what we saw in real life. We can even create moments that didn't happen in real life. Is it okay to pass these moments off as real? What's this boundary between fiddling with a photo and faking a photo? Does this even matter? Such questions will soon be forced on us through the integration of artificial intelligence with our smartphones. Writing recently at the New York Times, tech editor Brian Chen described how devices like Google's Pixel 8 come with an AI-powered magic editor, a tool that can remove and add objects, can move subjects around, even stitch together elements from multiple photos into a new one. The result is imagery that's partially make-believe these snapshots of alternate realities fudge the truth in front of your lens which is the point since they're closer to exactly the photo you wanted in the first place according to ren ang a computer scientist professor at berkeley this means that quote as we boldly go forth into this future a photo is no longer a visual fact end quote AI-powered photography and editing means that people will, quoting again, increasingly have to question whether what they see in their images is real, including photos from loved ones. Now, of course, this goes further than just personal photos and will contribute, Aang thinks, to the spread of fake media online at a time when misinformation is already rampant and it's hard to know what to trust, quote. Increasingly, the fundamental worldview questions of our age seem to be, what is real and who can I trust? Fake photos, artificial wombs, and AI chatbots posing as friends are just a few examples of the technology that's challenging our very understanding of reality itself, including our understanding of who we are and why and even whether we need anyone else. Christians should have a clear answer to these questions. Non-negotiable purposes and relationships were built into creation by God things that humans were designed to pursue and steward in particular ways this is not an infinitely malleable world we're not infinitely malleable creatures able to invent and reinvent ourselves as technology permits so here are two principles we should keep in mind as we go boldly forth into this future of AI smartphones and photography first we should never lie not even with AI That means we need to define the term photograph. Is it a shared visual fact, a representation of reality that can establish everything from family memories to journalistic truth? Or is it an idealized, manufactured digital painting? We should not get into the habit of confusing one with the other. Second, we shouldn't look to technology to replace human ability. Somewhere between using AI to edit out a trash can from a family photo and using it to create a fake family member for Instagram, a moral line has been crossed. That line is on a slope and we're about to find out just how slippery that slope is. Planting your feet firmly now and intentionally now, well, that seems to be a really good idea. Christians should be pro-technology and pro-human, and we can be at the same time. God gave humans the ingenuity to make such tools, and these tools can be used to glorify Him and to love others. However, tools, just like their users, need a purpose, a purpose that's grounded in God's design for reality. The moment that our tools begin using us or severing our relationship with reality, something's gone wrong. In other words, we need wisdom in the days ahead, not just artificial intelligence. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. For more resources that live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org.
1: It's amazing how the Christmas season just makes everything right in the world, or not. Many people are asking, what is there to be merry about this Christmas season? Billy Graham. Wars abroad, marriages breaking, drugs blowing into the country, The inflation rate so high that people had to ask themselves what they could afford for Christmas gifts this year. With so much uncertainty, it's easy to let fear grip your heart and mind, even at Christmas. But it's because of what happened at Christmas that you can have a hope that's greater than all your fear. A child was born and a son was given for our salvation. Jesus Christ was not only the son of man, but he was the son of God. And God has accepted what he did on the cross for our salvation. And we trust in him and him alone. Learn more about trusting in the Christ of Christmas by calling us at 855-255-PRAY. 855-255-PRAY. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.